AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. When I clock out of the hospital at 6 p.m., I'm not done for the night. That's when Gamer Nurse 40 clocks in, and she's got orcs to slay. Sure, I'm playing a 13-year-old in Scranton, but he's a level 53 mage with a filthy mouth. So I need to stay on top of my game. What'd you call me? That's when I crack open a Heineken 00. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I can focus on stealing his gold before his mom tells him it's bedtime. Take that, kids. Heineken 00. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. 
podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. I made a purchase today that has depressed me. Go on. Would you want me to tell me? I can do it on the pod if you like. I think you'll enjoy it. I've hit record, so feel free. Uh, I had delivery today of a back shaver. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) hell, son. Why do you feel like you need to buy a a back shaver? It's not like... Have you ever had... Do you have a hairy back, Flav? No, I don't really have a hairy body, really. I've got, like, mineral exactly. hair under my arm, and, armpits. And I'm dark, right? So it makes me look like that... What was that TV show of Bigfoot and the Hendersons or whatever it was called, right? Yeah. So I look like that. So this is, like, it's got a little hingy thing, so it folds in half and you hold it out and then you can... It's like a back scratcher, but it's well, like... It, and it's a razor the size of a big razor? No, no, they're, like, about about... Probably about three inches long, and there's three of them, so it really gets the little buggers. Um, right, right. Um, I mean, has anyone ever looked at your back and said to you that is disgusting? Ever? No, but it does. It, I'm very self conscious of it. I don't. I don't think. I don't think girls like you know if they're putting in a dating profile like saying you know what I want him to be a you know down to earth, funny, spontaneous, hey, you know man. back you know back like a Persian rug. I don't think that's what they put. So <laughs> the, thing, the thing is. Um, I, we've all seen John Bass, and he's like, he's like, he's when, even when he's naked, he's like, he's got, he's, he's fully clothed. Yeah, but he's all right because he's got a, a beautiful like fiance and like a flat. I got nothing. I got a dog and 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 no uh, no woman. So I, I've got to use these things. I'm quite happy with it. It's it's, it's uh, I mean, it's if you're as, happy as, with it, that's all that matters. Felonious just means you got to keep doing it forever. Well, I, I do do it all the time. So if I like, you know, if I've ever had like a, a girl coming around or even someone I'm seeing or whatever, it's always it's always part of the routine. Back, um, shoulders, got to get it done. 
Okay, well, I mean, I feel like you're cheating, aren't you, really? You're just like, this is who you are. You need to just, they need to accept you for who you are. You don't need to change for anybody, mm-hmm. Alex. Um, on uh, 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 January 7th, 2012, at 5 to midnight, I tweeted the following. I want Pulis to manage Spurs. That's right, yeah. Now, the problem with this is I can't imagine, it, I don't think I've ever, ever, ever thought back I can't imagine I've ever thought realistically, sensibly, and without an, an element of irony uh, that I'd ever want Tony Pulis to manage Tottenham. But it's so far back, and I can't deny saying it because I'm looking at the tweet right now, that um, that basically, be careful what you put on Twitter. Like, this is my equivalent. It was a Saturday of, night, by the way. Saturday yeah, night, um, so, so God knows what I was up to back then. That would have been heyday. I've got to tell you as well, is I remember that conversation in the WhatsApp group before you tweeted it. No, you don't. Oh, I do. Know what I, rem- I think uh, you did. I, I think so. There's no WhatsApp group in 2012. Do you know why it's bollocks? It's also bollocks because you wasn't a part of the pod then. Yeah, I know. I just realised. Fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, you fucked it. You've absolutely fucked it. Um, but what this is essentially my racism. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is the kind of... Like, you know people get in trouble <laughs> for Acceptable. racist stuff back in the day or homophobic stuff back in the day when it was like, you know not acceptable but a lot of people have got more way of it because i am not a racist this is my racism so pulis to manage spurs because that the idea of that is probably as offensive as doing a racism um i mean there was a lot of talk about it but i remember at that time you know there was you know even before pochettino as well there was um what would have been happening then that would have been around about red nap uh england england stuff Maybe tax evasion, maybe thinking Pulis might do a job. <laughs> yeah, I don't think back then, but I definitely think like the 2000, and f- when did Poch came? 2015. 40, yeah. 14, 15. There was, de- there was a, there was a, I'd say there was a fairly large contingent of Spurs fans that were like, yeah, give it Tony Pulis. I would not accept, I would not accept that. If that was thrown at me, I would not accept the fact that I've ever thought that. Not like that to me, I'm, as I'm guessing the person I was nine years ago isn't that much different to the person I am today and Tony Pulis should never have been considered for Tottenham job and, and I guess the point I'm bringing this up two points actually one Spooky's an arsehole because he's somehow <laughs> found that and just retweeted it without any context just retweeted it imagine Not... if we'd done that to him <laughs> I mean yeah I mean he's always been quite Never a panic attack he's probably he's always quite like um measured Spooky isn't he so I don't know if he would have said anything like that I might have been lashing out it might have been a bad result like Redknapp might have said something I disliked and I lashed out. But the other point is um, that that was a bad take that might not have been a bad take back then. And all the shit that's going on in the social media now, they might be really bad takes. You don't know. You don't know if in nine years' time someone's going to make a fool of you because Jose Mourinho has delivered us three trebles on the bounce. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows if you imagine don't. that? Um. Yes, so uh, yeah, Tottenham Hotspur uh, drew against Newcastle. We've had nearly 48 hours to digest this result. And I think that's the best thing about positioning the podcast the way we do. You know, a lot of people, we do it on Patreon, you know, do be reactive. And uh, we get as close to the final whistle by producing a show called Five Statements where we talk for about 20 minutes and just get an immediate reaction to what's been going on. But it's always, it's never the most wholesome conversation, in my my opinion. It's always... It's not as reactive as, you know, some of the other shit you see on, on the internet and, you know, that Arsenal fan TV and all that. It's not that, but it's, it's, um, it is reactive and it is sometimes emotional. But 
48 hours on, I'm still not feeling as... I'm still not feeling great <laughs> about the game. Uh, T, let's get your thoughts on on it. Just as just you know, you know, if you can give us your, your, your in a nutshell, how you feel? I feel just a bit of numbness. You know, it's like the result happened. I'm not even angry or upset or anything. I just feel just a massive sea of indifference. I suppose it's like when Jon Snow died the first time in Game of Thrones after the tenth cunt stabbed him. He just looked up in the sky and thought, do whatever you want, you can't hurt me anymore. And <laughs> that's, probably, that's, that's currently what I feel like for the so night you, watch. You were, watching the, you were watching Spurs and you're just like, you can't hurt me anymore, so I have the power. What can you exactly. do? Exactly, they, they can't. <laughs> Alex? Uh, I mean, I've, I've had that for nine months. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me in any way shape or form anymore i said on saturday night i care more about chop the onion i was chopping when t asked me how you doing uh then i did about that result but i sat i watched it i made an effort you know but i had my daughter we it was a sunny day outside but i made her sit and play on the ipad whilst i sat and watched tottenham and they delivered that um yeah it's it's i feel like i'm watching covid tottenham you know like everything in life at the minute is is kind of um what's the word like stasis pre yeah everything's like a covid version like there's a covid version of shopping there's a covid version of seeing people you know and i just feel like that's why i'm watching with spurs and i I feel like it will come back like my normal experience with spurs will come back but at the minute i've just got to kind of just get through this and you know we'll see where we're at in a couple months time what's covid sex like is you have to have a mask on and that or do you always wear masks it's uh, if anything it's 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 more depraved (laughs) because <laughs> what, so, uh, <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, I, I, do we need to get into this straight away? I thought uh, I've had I've had like four beers. I don't think this is the time to be getting into this stuff. <laughs> Let's right. save this for for the other pod. Also, a podcast you can get on Patreon. Exactly. <laughs> just saying, just saying. If you want, if you want to know about uh, what makes me uh, equally happy and then cry an hour later, join <laughs> Patreon. You know, I'll tell you all about it. P a t r e o n dot com forward slash the fighting cock listen to all of alex's woes on the other podcast that we produce there uh, sam connor she says it sort of leads into what you've been saying al is uh, do you feel like you're watching the same game on repeat sometimes particularly the last 15 to 20 minutes uh, kind of it kind of all merges into one i actually thought i didn't come i i wasn't like watching it feeling oh my god we're playing Badly. I kind of thought, do you know what? It, we're kind of doing what we're doing. Everyone's had a break after international duty. Newcastle were in the shit. They were actually played quite well, but I think we're managing it okay. I think we'll be all right. Um, and then that one bit of just awful, awful defending. Um, it wasn't one bit. Well, exactly. But it, and and then it just came back in, and then. But I still felt even even after they scored, I did. I I do always feel that towards the end of games, I do feel like we can score. I don't know whether that's me being naive, well, but I do hit, feel like... We hit the post before we, they equalised, didn't we? We could have scored that. Exactly, yeah. So I am aware that it's fine margins. Everyone knows my feelings on Jose Mourinho. I think it's... I, I, I think I've... Not me, but I, I think it's been proved right that he isn't the manager that he used to be. So it's all very well sitting and bitching and moaning about it now, but it, it doesn't make any difference. We've, we've got to We've got to hope that he can drive something out of him or if not him the players you know and and those are those times 
where you have to just hope that it's going to get better. And and part of the hope for me was that, you know, Sanchez had a couple of issues, but I, I do feel like he's getting better. Joe <laughs> oh, Roden. Fuck off. Oh, fuck off, Alex. Come no, on. No, I, I, I know he's had... He's I know getting he better. Some... He's getting obviously worse. And it didn't, I don't believe that. It, it, no, to I don't start from that. a great height. No, I don't believe that. I, I feel that he does more good in games than he does bad. I think some of the bad stuff is highlighted because it's led to goals, and I think it's been unfortunate. I, I still have faith that, that Sanchez can can actually be something. And I do think, and with Joe Roden as well, I'm a massive fan of Joe Roden. I think he's fantastic. I, I'm happy to watch Joe Roden make 10 mistakes a season for the next two years because I think he will be something actually very special. Um I'm all right with Sanchez. I think I don't know. I don't know who you put in instead of him. I mean, obviously Alderweireld, but there's obviously a problem there now. Another Mourinho masterclass. But who are you going to put in? Eric Dyer? Yes. No, Tanganga? No. It, no. It, it it doesn't matter. Look, it's, I'm not like during the game. I was furious at Sanchez because that was probably the worst defensive play display I'd seen since Fazio against Arsenal, and it's probably worse than that. It was awful. He was terrible, and after. Five minutes when he made his first mistake, it felt like his head would gone, and that's because it wasn't. It wasn't just the, the the massive mistakes he was making defensively. It was when he was playing balls out. There was nothing behind it. There was no. It seemed from watching it happen over and over again that he he was just so anxious to get that ball away from him. That was there was no direction of or, or no idea about how to play the full ball forward, which led us to losing the ball over and over again. Now. How my position has changed from watching that game and being furious at him, it's now transferred to Jose Mourinho. Because Jose Mourinho is watching that as well. And um, it, it, all of us could recognise the fact that Sanchez had an issue here, whether it was mentally or whether it was just he was having the, the worst game of his life. But he didn't change it. And he had Dyer on the bench. I'm not saying Dyer is the answer, but for, for large parts of this season, that's, large parts of the first part of this season when we were all right, Dyer wasn't too bad and was also playing on the left-hand side of that defence. If we removed him, removed Sanchez and put Dyer in there, it would, it would at least taken that issue away, but he didn't react to it. And and that's that's why I was sort of... That's why I can't abide the kind of... The, what he said after the game, Jose Mourinho, in terms of same manager, different players. Because that you picked that back, back line. And that back line was... Is too inexperienced to play in 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 the, in the Premier League. Like all of them on their day can do a job. Sanchez next to Alderweireld, next to Reguilón or Davies or or Aurier next to them. That, that, there's there's a level of experience that understands that at least one of them will fill in. But the four of them, all four of them, had a horrendous horrendous game, and part of that must have been down to the lack of experience because one of them lost their head. Then it was down to Rodon to be the guy. He's not. It's not his responsibility to do that. He's way too young. You've got Tanganga playing out of position. He's not a right back. He looked out of his depth a bit. It's not any of their fault, but whatever's decisions and whatever that's happened behind the pitch, behind, behind, behind the scenes, has meant that Aurier, Alderweireld, Dyer, or, or whoever it might be, as, as, as it, Jose Mourinho has, has been put in a situation, or put himself in a situation more likely, that he's had to play that back line. And a Premier, as bad as a team as Newcastle have been this year, they're a Premier League side, and they they absolutely deserve deserve the draw. They deserve to win, and large part of that was though, to what the for, what, what they forced us to do defensively. I thought. I'm interested. What did you think Joe Roden did wrong though? 
Really? He, I just thought he's put in, he was he was put in situations where it was very difficult for him to to play well. Not that he did much wrong. It wasn't. I couldn't. I can't think of a catastrophic er- error that he was a part of. But um, but but he was like when he was scrambling around to try and block Joe Linton's ball uh, that only passed into the net it was impossible because our entire defence was out of shape. There was very little protection in midfield, so that 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 young defence kept getting exposed. Sanchez, like I said, is, uh, ha- was was having a bad game, so should have probably been saved, but wasn't. It was left on for ninety minutes. And what's the reason for that? that that's what I'm saying. That's that's the alarming thing here, because like I, you know, I've said this over and over again for a long time, is that players go out there, they're picked by the manager, they're gonna they do they do their best. They as long as they're not like you know, what's it called? Um, hanging up. What's it called? Drop down tools. If they're down tools, that's one thing. But that's not what Sanchez was happened to Sanchez. He didn't down tools. He's just in a situation that he couldn't dig himself out of, and he should have been safe. Um. But I don't think I'm not digging out Roden. I think he, he hopefully he has a future ahead of him. But this game was impossible for all four of them. What do you think? I, um, sorry, T, go on. It, it was an unchanged side from the Villa game, and we defended well against Villa, who are a better attacking force than Newcastle was at Villa Park as well. Um, Sanchez didn't have a good game, as I, as um, as I said on the five statements on Patreon that. Um, you know, the one defender on the bench. So I think the subs kind of lent itself to bringing more attacking players on to try and make something happen because Lucas had a very bad game as well. Mm. Um, Lacelso also split opinion. So I can get why I didn't prioritise protecting Sanchez and trying to get the third goal. And we had enough chances for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, all I would say to sort of caveat that is that just because he played well as a Villa, you're playing against a team with different tactics. They were just playing the lines and Joe Linton was running the running the channels. It was working for them, whereas Villa didn't do the same thing. Probably should have done. But yeah, I mean it was just frustrating. And I think, you know, when you see a game like that where they were they were there for they played well, but we played awful. We we it was more about us playing poorly than it was them playing well in my opinion. Um and it wasn't just a defence, it was there was just a lack of quality and cohesion we couldn't string passes together and we had Ndombele and Lacelso in midfield and that's what they're good at that's that's what you you that's their thing isn't it it's like holding the ball retaining it turning it over I think out of the two only Ndombele kind of could sort of hold themselves up as someone who did something he created two great assists for Harry Kane and a couple of more really good bits of play but that was about all of the creativity we had in midfield um what I would say though is <clears throat> this is almost every club in the Premier League. Everyone. And I think all fans of all clubs feel like they're that this is a special problem for their football club and this is an issue that they're only their football club are going through. I think there's only two teams that that could be considered the fans of two teams that can consider genuinely happy throughout the season who haven't thought about a managerial change probably. And that would be West Ham and and obviously Manchester City. But Ollie's they're second in the league. Ollie's been under pressure. Their fans have been unhappy at times this year. Same with Chelsea. Not all Chelsea fans even want to call. They just got smashed by West Brom 5-2. Um, Arsenal, you know, starting to get on board with Arteta. You look at the meltdown they've had after Liverpool. Like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be angry at the Newcastle game. I'm just saying that this season isn't representative of a normal, a normal football calendar. It hasn't been. It's been weird for everybody. Um, 
And you know, I'm not some you know, people who are, it's up to them how they they take results. But if you look across at all the other um, teams this year, no no one's been no one's been happy. No no one's properly chuffed with the way things going or being philosoph- philosophical. And I think I, I wonder how much that is down to COVID and the fact that you can't that the. You, most of us are experiencing football on our own now and then they're just jumping straight on Twitter or on your WhatsApp groups or whatever it might be just to purge because they're not with anybody. I don't know but this has always happened. Like, how many times have you gone into a pub after a game or even during a game and heard some of the most awful takes you've ever heard in your entire life? <laughs> yeah, every game. Probably. Only because you're reading it. Like, no. I, I hear much more, you know, sat in the South Sand, I heard much, much worse takes than what I ever read on Twitter. You know? not, not when we're two points off top. Oh, sorry, two points off fourth place at this point in the season. Oh, it's a myth, Flav. Us being two points off, off fourth is an utter myth. Well, it's not a myth. Like, it's, it's in, it, look at the table. It's there. No, but it's not because you can because you know how we how we are playing. You know what uh, what have been happening with other teams. That Chelsea result meant nothing to me. I look. I didn't look at that and think, oh my god, it's a big game today because I knew what what's going to happen. Whether it was whether it was yesterday or or in next week. Yeah, but Alex, that's, that's this how team. you want to interpret it. That's how you want to. But in my opinion, I'm looking at that and saying top four is still within our grasp if you look at the table. It doesn't matter. Well, that's it's fine, you... but I just think... But I think you're just... We talk about a lot about setting yourself up for, like, you know, and, and then becoming disappointed and then and trying, like, to rationalise it and stuff. I, I think we just have to realise that this, this team is, is nowhere near it. You, yeah, you can realise it. It's up to you if you want to do that. I'm not. I'm going to look at every game thinking we can win this and if we do, we can get into the top four and then replace jo- Jose Mourinho if we have to with another manager who will have that to, to work for next season. I'd rather think like that and be optimistic about it than, you, than what you just said and just said. It's a I understand that and I am optimistic because I'm still, if I really wasn't, because I wouldn't bother watching it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stick my daughter on an iPad for an hour and a half to watch it. What, what I mean is is I just think that it, we end up setting ourselves up. You know, this year of all years, I just feel like we're well, we kind just... of know what it is now. Yeah, but then, let's be let's just let's just go back to mediocre Tottenham then, and just like we don't expect anything, don't get disappointed. You've got to be there. You have to be there. You have to you have to look at it and think we can still do this. No, I get. I'm not. I'm not I... sure anymore. I got to be honest. I used. To, I, I I I promise that I I've always been like that. And I want to be like that, but I, I don't, I just don't feel I can these days. And that, that's just me being honest, not like to try and prove a point or anything. It's just, I really struggle with that now. I'm not being ignorant to the problems. I understand there's massive issues with Jose Mourinho, the squad. It feels like the changing room is, is, he's losing it. It does feel like that. It feels like Kane's unhappy with the way his situation is. I get all of that, but I refuse to go into any game not expecting to win. I refuse to do it because what is the point? Don't watch it. Just don't watch it because it, it w- w- do anything. Well, that's easy to say. I'm not, no, I'm not telling you not to watch football, but I'm saying like, if you're, you're coming from the position of pessimism sh- straight off the bat, you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to get anything from it. I don't think. Well, uh, T, what, you, you've been very silent. What, what do you think? Um, I mean, it's frustrating because we're, we're, as Sam Corner said, we're watching the same game over and over again. Um, you mentioned um, the league table, Flav, and our defensive record, I think, in the top top three or four. So defensively, we're looking good on paper. 
You dig deeper, we're letting in, we're conceding 12.57 shots per match. So I guess it's similar to the conversation you guys are having in that you're looking at the t- you're looking at the table, Flav, and thinking we can do it. And, and Alex is watching the football and saying we can't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, just like you, Flav, when the whistle blows, I think we can win a game, whether it's against Newcastle away or Man City away. Any game we've had, a whistle blows, I think we, we can win this, even though it's impossible. It's just innate. There's nothing about that Newcastle performance that gives me any hope to finish in the top four. But I just refuse to think any other differently, any any other way. And and we did have we have had results in the last six or seven games that would suggest that we would finish in the top four. We've lost once in nine games in the league, I think. So, but it, it's all down. It's, to not, the it's another glass half full thing, isn't it? Yeah, and it is all down to the play style, isn't it? And the, and not wanting that manager there. And I get it, I do get it, but it's just I I just I found, and this is probably me being sensitive, like too sensitive. But I found that the worst part of all of this is how fans are reacting to it for me. Like going on Twitter or anywhere else. And it's just like, the more I think about it, it's like, and I know we're doing this here, right? We're talking, but we're having a conversation. That's all it is. But there's people on Twitter screaming out like they're going to change the world. You're not. You're just screaming, I mean, screaming into a void. There's, there's people who are, mock- I've seen someone on Twitter Photoshop Mourinho as, as Hitler. I've seen him being called a fascist dictator. I've seen someone reply to a tweet about Davidson Sanchez. That's the first tweet about him. He's saying, get Mourinho out. It's it's just fucking weird, man. It's, it's just so, so fucking weird. Do you not feel that... Um, so go on. Sorry, mate. Uh, you know, part of this is whether whether you like Mourinho or not, and this isn't his fault, but but this is this is what he brings. We said this from, from the start, that, you know... Whether after after it broke that Pochettino had been sacked and obviously Mourinho had come in, it was all very quick. And I think I even tweeted out saying, "Do you know what? All right, let's go. Let's let's see what happens. Fuck it. Um, but this is going to be this is going to be rocky. You know, there's going to be a big split. And and that's that's what it brings because he is the way he is. Then it makes people react in the same way." You can't come out and say the type of stuff that he does about players, same manager, different players, and then not expect fans to react in the same way. Yeah, that's fair. You put in, you put that energy out, it's going to be come back at you in the same way. Exactly. Manner. And then you've seen people tweet like, well, all right, different players, you know, different managers, same player. And you see the team that, you know, that beat Dortmund with Pochettino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just I do wish you just, just shut your mouth. Feels, <laughs> he, I genuinely I've said it a thousand times, but he I understood the appointment. I think it was the right appointment to make. I think it was the right gamble to take. But it's but it was a gamble and it's failed. And I think it's failed not just on the pitch, but I think it's failed in an aspect that it's gonna set this club back four or five years. And, and that's that's a shame. I think it'll come back. We'll be fine. We'll still do better than, you know, 85 other clubs in this country. But it's it's bad. It's bad, bad news. It's not. You'd be, you, you, I, I think you, that's... It's not this. The, it's going to set us back five years, Alex. I think that's bollocks as well. Because I felt <laughs> that... I mean, this isn't half as bad as it was under Sherwood. Come on, man. But where, where are... But, are we in? Are we really in realistic terms? We're in a, a Europa League team now, yeah. 
Well, yeah, I guess well, we. Yeah. That's, like where we that's where we were five years ago. Yeah, but look what happened in the in the seasons after. They didn't set us back five years. That's fine, but so I mean, what, uh, uh, what I mean is, sorry, yeah, maybe I wasn't clear enough. But what I mean is, it set us back to that point. I'm not saying that we can't come back and be back to, you know, re, you know, back in Champions League in in a year or eighteen months' time. What I mean is, we're back where we were at that point. And, I think, and, as the team and there is absolutely no guarantee, whoever we get, Pochettino back, we could get Pep Guardiola in. There's no guarantee that in five years we won't be in the Europa League. But it doesn't mean in that five years we couldn't win the league. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, that's what I meant. But I just mean in terms of where we are right now, it feels like as a club and as a team, that's where we are. Can that change in 12 months? Absolutely. But yeah, yeah. um, yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. But um, yeah, I mean, we're we're about where we were when Martin Yol got us into, in 2006, got us into the uh, League Cup. (laughs) Uh, But um, what I would say is the foundations of the football club uh, are magnificently different. That's true, and th- there are there is better opportunity for Tottenham to succeed going forward than there would have been, um, you know, back when Sherwood was in charge. Anyway, um, who is the worst? Uh, this is a question from George Patio. Patico. He says, uh, "What? Uh, who is the worst centre back in our history that would start for this Spurs team?" Ooh. The thing is, I've got a boring response for this, but I'm going to say it anyway, is that we are much... This is one of the best sides I've ever, ever, ever had, right, in terms of, you know, what we've achieved over the last four or five years. Um, You can put someone like, I don't know, Ricardo Rocco, he's one of the worst we've had. He can do better than Sanchez and Roden on his best day. No, he couldn't. He fucking couldn't. These are proper bully-fledged internationals. The worst centre-backs they've had have been people like, I don't know, was David Tuttle a centre-back? Yeah. Did Craig Short ever play for us or did I imagine that? Uh don't I think I don't know. If you don't know, I don't. It's Kevin Scott. It's Kevin Scott. They both oh, sound the same. Kev- Kevin Scott was awful. Yeah, people like that. I mean, no none, none of those guys are getting into the team. But the worst centre back for the sake of answering the question, um, for like Chris Fairclough, nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't get in the team. No. And look, he that's would. he would. For the sake so, for comedic so, so, purposes, yes right, he would. Right, right, right. Um, but if you then if you transfer that team to if there wasn't an issue or there was, God knows what's going on behind the scene, but Alderweireld, Sanchez, or Alderweireld, Roden and Aurier and Revion, you know that there aren't there aren't many centre backs that we've had, you know, barring the obvious like Ledley King, Sol Campbell, if you have to say his name, and um, you know Woodgate maybe, Vertonghen, yeah, those those sort of top tier defenders would get in. But other than that, probably not. Absolutely. It's reactionary this stuff, and I get why people do it. And after after a, a bad result, you always get these sort of questions. I mean, every time you, you know T because you go through them, but you after a bad result, you you always get the same sort of questions. Like the next one, Zach Shafiq, he says, has Lacelso been a worse signing than Soldado 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 pound for pound? <laughs> Soldado, uh, a worse I signing than Soldado. I, I I did say at the start. Of this, right at the beginning, about the Celso, but uh, Benjamin Stambouli was better than him. <laughs> That's not true. That's out it? there. It's not true, though. It is true. He is bang average. Christ. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, know, I do. I, gen- I genuinely feel like it's been uh, what we're what we get sometimes when it's good. When there's bits of pieces that are good, I think we're we're grabbing to stuff. There's just no harm in that. But I think in any 
in any other in some of the other teams that we've had over the last few years, he's nowhere near it. Fair enough. Uh, is he worse than Soldado? No, absolutely not. <laughs> T's never gonna. So <laughs> T is Soldado our worst ever Premier League signing? Do you think? He's up there, but you know, let me, let, let me give you a bit of background. The previous year to Soldado signing for Spurs, um, I was working in, well, doesn't matter where I was working, but it was a contact <laughs> I had who supported Valencia. Now, he worked in Montpellier, but he lived in Montpellier, but supported Valencia. So every other week he said, oh my God, he scored again, he scored again. So I was really hyping this guy. And we signed him, like, fucking, oh, we've got Soldado. I love this guy. He's one of the best strikers in Europe. He's under the radar. And that same yeah. summer, he played for Spain, scored like four goals against Tahiti. I thought, God, yes, this guy's going to be a man. <laughs> Forget the debut against Crystal Palace, penalty, bang, yes, this is our guy. And then, then the rest of his tenure happens, and I want him to die. Yeah, he, he <laughs> broke your heart, didn't he? That's the he problem. Did. It's like Fredo in Godfather, man. Just yeah, yeah. I'll never, I will never forget some one of the early pods I was on. Of of it was just starting to turn a little bit frustrating for Soldado, Soldado, and I remember I oh I will remember this until the day I die of T just leaning into the mic and go and whispering, is he doing enough? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was and that was at the time I was like oh dear yeah maybe things aren't going to go quite as well and then obviously Fiorentina happened which obviously was a bad night for you T. Yes. Um, yeah. In every way. You got fingers that night, didn't you? I like the fact Make you it. didn't. You didn't even cut his nails. I like the fact you didn't, but that's just what I want to believe. So yeah. that's what you, you, I, you keep putting it out there. I keep isn't putting it? it out there, and if you say it enough, it becomes true. Yeah, this like that, like that's what happens now because whenever people tweet me saying about whenever I put a take of Tottenham, people tweet me saying, "But you drove 120 miles to go watch David Bentley play for Birmingham on loan <laughs> just to go and see what was happening." That's not true. <laughs> that's that's true. That's hundred percent true. Uh, we got a question, question from Rebecca. Can I just say, actually, all of us get it right sometimes. All right, you got it right with Soldado T. Alex is yeah. probably going to get it right with Lacelso, and I got it right with Sanchez and Paulinho. I also got it right with Deli Ali. By the way, I remember bigging up Deli Ali massively before he even started saying he win Young Player of the Year in our predictions when that happened. I and also not, said that it's he was not talked a, about enough. I, I also said that Dalielli would be a rough diamond that never gets polished. Well, I will see. Uh, we've got a question from Rebecca Coys. Now, now, you're probably like, Rebecca, you've probably heard this name come up on the pod. She gets a lot of questions answered because there's something wrong with her brain. Like, now go, go and follow her at Rebecca Coys, right? Her face, the picture, but wouldn't melt. She's got Reb. It's like nice little shortened, you know, cute little, you know, this is how you say my name. There's a rainbow next to it. Rainbows are lovely, aren't they? Rainbows are a positive thing. Gay pride, everything, right? All, everything's good about rainbows. This isn't, doesn't even scratch the, uh, uh, doesn't scratch the surface of what a delinquent Rebecca is. This is what she's asked us. Yeah, it's bearing in mind the rainbow and the lovely little face she's got. You have to suck off Jose. Would you rather do the first 99% of it, so, so all the work, but Jose doesn't actually nut in your mouth, or the last 1%, so none of the work, but Jose finishes in your mouth? What would you rather do? And it's not just this question. She does this every week, doesn't she, T? She should have her own corner. <laughs> the Rebecca corner. 
Yes. <laughs> On the podcast, Rebecca can ask whatever she wants. She'll answer it. It doesn't have to be about Spurs. She, you often crowbar Spurs into it just to get... Anyway, look, she's asked a great question there. I, you know, what, Alex is someone who's most opposed to Jose here. What, what, would, um, what would you do? 99% would work or 1% would get nut in your mouth? Uh, and how long would 99% of the work be? Like he's 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 old, isn't he? He's like he's, he's seen a lot, so it'd take a lot for him to get off. Yeah, yeah, just fire it in my mouth. I'll, I'll just whatever get whatever gets it over quick enough. Just like his reign. Uh, if he wants to come in my mouth to mean that he'll just walk away with no payoff, I'll do it. No, that's not that, that, That's not it. That's, I know, but he, I'm just. He could, I'm he could just... probably stay. He could probably stay after it. Well, I'm not doing it if he's staying. No, this this is based on no, this is based on him him ejaculating in my mouth, taking a picture, and then leaving forever. God's sake! Take it. Where's taking a picture come from? Well, if you want, I'm what I'm saying is he can do what he likes as long as he gets out of my fucking football club. Keeps a flash on as well. Yeah, yeah, flash. He can he can put like one of them little baby grow hats on me if you like. I don't care. I'd have to get um, a picture of Alex wiping his mouth and put on a flag. <laughs> That'd be, that'd be an iconic image. Just a silhouette of Alex's hand wiping his mouth. Thanks for the left. memories, but it's time to go. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, time to go. T, uh, um, I don't. You don't have to answer it, and I don't have to answer it. Alex has already answered it. Alex is so eloquent. He did it. Yeah, he did say, so, "We'll just leave it with you out." But uh, out of the three of us, he's definitely not in your mouth. Okay. <laughs> I wish I said time to go now. I feel bad. Have you talked? I haven't listened to the last pod. Have you talked to and mentioned about the whole Claude thing? Not really. No. no. Why'd you bring that up? I don't know. It's just sad, isn't it? There you go. Yeah, it's fucking sad. Yeah, really sad. Uh, yeah, we talked about Jose saying same coach, different players. Nob. Um, okay. Uh, some some uh, transfer news and, and rumours come from Alistair Gold, which is apparently a tier one source. You know these stuff, don't you, Alistair? Uh, a few of Jose Mourinho's comments on Sunday have provoked plenty of confusion and some anger within the club and his squad, particularly those about Alderweireld. The problem for Mourinho, as is with all managers, is that ultimately the players will decide his future. The problem for the Portuguese is that he is playing a dangerous game and creating divisions within the squad that is yet to witness firsthand with his me- what his methods can achieve. It's a fair, fair comment. There's not, nothing sensational about that, really. It does. It just seems unhelpful when. He goes mental after we lose a game, and it is. It doesn't come across. Even if he's trying to do some sort of weird motivation or saying like "you have to play for me, otherwise you've got no future here," it just comes across as, "Why are you doing this? It's weird. It's like it's weird that you're saying this. Like your reputation is your reputation. It's done. You've won everything. You've got nothing left to prove, really. So why are you doing this now? Like do your best to create a harmonious squad that wants to play for you, but your reputation right now is." is becoming affected by how you left Manchester United and how inevitably you're going to leave Tottenham. So what you're doing now isn't really going to serve your career or your legacy at all. That's what that, that's my confusion. But if you're such he's an intelligent just doing man... The same, he's just doing the same thing. It's just not working now. That's the problem. It's, it's repeated behaviour and there's no reaction to it. I mean, I think there might have been a little one-week window. It was nice to everyone, trying to get you know, trying to be nice to them, but... 95% of the time has just been, been horrible and they don't, they're, not, they're not responding to it. Fair enough. Um, what do you make of this, um, Al? Uh, Mourinho says he needs more time that he does not get the same patience that other managers do. But in order to get that, he needs his players to have his back and the comments such as those 
after another disappointing play on Sunday do him no favours at all and could only hasten his demise if he's not careful. I, th- I think the, the, the challenge is, is are, it, it's just about outlook. So are the players and the club there for him to achieve what he wants to achieve or feels he deserves to achieve? Or is he there to achieve something for this club? Because if he's there to achieve something for the club, then it goes then it goes hand in hand that then he achieves something. I don't think he looks at it that way. I think that he goes into these places is to say, okay, well, you know, how are these guys going to get me to a place where I'm successful? Which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing, but I think that's an approach that perhaps used to work, but just doesn't anymore. I just think it's more evidence of of him being outdated uh, and just just not getting it, not being able to deal with. I think he made a comment the other week, didn't he, about how it's different these days with with footballers, you know, and agents and and egos and everything else that goes along with it. I just I think the game and I think the people within the game have changed beyond his skill set, and that's not his fault. And he's trying the best he can. He's trying to use you know, methods of either after game stuff or training stuff or, you know, player interaction stuff that he thinks will do the job and it's not working. Fair enough. Here's a quote for about Tangi. Tangi, I have to be honest, Tangi is the kind of guy that you always expect more from from what he gives me because he's so talented. That is always that that you always expect more. Because the talent is amazing, I think by the talent point of view, by the creation in midfield, by the vision, he is second to nobody in European football. But the feeling is that he always has more to give. He never reaches the limit of of his effort, the sacrifice, even the ambition. So he is the guy. I love him as a player, but he frustrates me a little bit because I think he can be much better than what he is. I think when I watch, for example, France and Tangi is not playing, I don't blame Didier, Didier Deschamps. I blame Tangi because he is better than those other guys. He should show that every day in training and every match. So, of course, all three of us can help us to do well. Uh, I don't think any of that is unfair, really. I know we've been critical of Jose Mourinho. Um, you feel like Tangi's ceiling is like as as high as any player I've seen at Tottenham, um, and you know it might be down to him. I think it's probably more likely that in a different environment he may flourish. Um, but I don't have any real exceptions to anything he said there. Do you, do you have any take on that? Um, no, I haven't really got an issue with what he said. Um, it reminded me, I think I read something, Lampard was asked about Mourinho's treatment of Pogba at that time. And yeah. Lampard says that Mourinho, I think it was even in the playbook thing he did on um, Netflix, that because he never made it as a player, he always takes it personally when he feels that like they've got lots of potential and they don't achieve it. And I think he sees that in Deli Ali, and he sees it in Tangi and Dombele based on those comments. So it is valid. I guess you know, the fans don't understand. Some fans will say he's giving Ndombele a hard time. I just think Marina just takes it personal when he sees all that talent and he feels that maybe he can go to waste. But, you know, maybe under a new manager, more progressive manager, we'll see his full potential. Do you, maybe wonder, he responds to a different approach. I wonder what, what how you thought you think that Ndombele would have gone under Pochettino when he first joined, when it was all about pressure running your ass off like literally doing everything you can to get to the ball where that's not where Ndombele's talents necessarily are it's very much his unbelievable vision 
his intelligence and his his skill on the ball. That's where his talent lies. I just wondered if the other aspects of his game, his inability to, he just doesn't have the physical attribute to to launch, go for an 80 yard lung busting run to get ball back. But that was kind of what was required in the first instance under Pochettino. I wonder how you think he might have got on in that first spell. Maybe. Or, or, or go on, go, go on now. Um, yeah, I think he would have struggled. You know, we, we saw from Pochettino that if initially that that you can't that if he couldn't see you doing what he needed you to do, you know, Suzoko comes to mind, then it was you you know, you are kind of put to one side very quickly. I think I think it's a question again about team um a kind of outlook in terms of well, you know, do you have a very special player that you then try and mould stuff around uh, or you can have the same approach but there is an element of give and take when it comes to this player because he can do x y and z that other players can't do or is it all about look everyone in the team has to follow this mantra and if it means we have less talented individuals to be able to achieve this this overall goal of how we want the team to play then that's okay i i have a feeling that it probably would have been the latter with pochettino um which is strange because it <laughs> Then it, then it questions you the whole transfer policy of the club because, you know, was 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 the fact of, you know, perhaps he won't be here for much longer already in mind when Ndombele came along. So, yeah, it's tricky. I think probably the latter, though. See anything more? Um, I think the Pochettino is a bit typecast by the first couple of seasons of the double sessions and that. I think as he progressed, there wasn't so much of the long burst and runs in 15 kilometres run per game. And he was probably evolving his approach. And maybe you saw Ndombele as a spearhead as a part of a new Tottenham and a new Pochettino. Sadly, we never got a chance to see it because he wasn't granted the rebuild and it was needed. So there might be an element of that too with why we bought him. Maybe maybe Pochettino just saw him as as the Dembele to you know to launch how he wanted to play football. Uh, as ever, this every, every podcast was backed by William Hill, official sponsors of Tottenham Hotspur, betting sponsors of Tottenham Hotspur. Um, they now have us four to one to finish in the top four. We were three to one before the weekend started. Um, uh, they've also got Kane to be four to five to be top goal scorer now. Uh, what, what do you think of um, the possibility of Kane leaving in this summer transfer window, Alex? This is, if, if I'm taking my Spurs hat off, if this was another player at any other club, I think this is now or never, really, isn't it, for him? How old is he? 28? 28. Uh, three years left on his contract. Is it three years, is it? Okay. Yeah, I think I think it's now or never. Uh, the, the bit that will work in our favour is the fact of just money. 200, you know, 160, 170 to 200 million quid, I don't think is, is unreasonable. Um, but we're in the times that we're in, and who can afford that? Man City? Maybe, I guess. Um you know, Madrid and Barcelona are, are in all sorts of issues when it comes to finance. So I don't see that happening. You know, and do you want to go to PSG, you know, and play for Pochettino? When, you know, does winning a French league matter? You know, is it, that will always then only be about the Champions League. So I think, I, I think in, a, in any other normal summer, I think we'd probably lose him. I don't think we will this summer. I think he'll end up playing for Spurs for the rest of his career now. Because, but purely because of 
the lack of options that will come his way, unfortunately, for 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 him if he if that's what he wants in terms of trophies and stuff. But he then very well get a huge amount of pride out of you know breaking every Spurs goal scoring record, beating Alan Shearer's record if he stays in the Premier League. You know that the you know motivations will change. You know he's not one of these players that will sit and sulk. I think if he stays at Spurs, even if he feels like he he quite like a move now. I think he'd settle down again very quickly and, and the next goal would be to try and win a trophy and, and break every record he can. So I don't think there'll be a massive issue, but um, I think I think the, lot, the odds are that he'll stay. But I think my gut tells me I think he'd probably like to go if he had the chance. What about you, T? Yeah, I don't think he goes, but it's almost like the camera just pans to him at the end of each game. He kind of just tried to read into his facial expressions what he's thinking. He's thinking, oh, this is a lot of fucking shambles. And he's not like, wanting to stay. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, I would like to think he finishes his career with us. But I don't know if Levy would survive Kane being sold. And the fans would probably want to wring his neck more than with any other sell. So do you reckon, I mean, do you not think that... Um... I think he'd probably get away with it because I think there'd be a lot of fans that would be like, "Yeah, Harry, go for you know, you know, we can understand why you'd go." No way. You know, this is almost like you know, we're well, you know, having like, like a, we owe just, it to you. We owe it to Harry Kane. Is that what, nah? There, there, I, there may be some Spurs fans, very like lovely Spurs fans out there that might think, "Yeah, go on, Harry Kane, go and win your trophies somewhere else." I don't think that. Have, have you never felt? I mean, I, I'll be honest. I felt that numerous times. I, I can understand it from you, Al, because I, I know you. But I, I think he's a generational talent. Yeah, but you know, in terms of, I, I don't, I don't give a shit about football. I don't care about the quality of football, or how good players are. All I care about is Tottenham. That's all I care about. I don't care yeah, about I, football. I, yeah, look, I, I, agree. I, I never want to see Messi, Ronaldo. I don't want to see Haaland in the league next year. I don't want to see that. I don't love the sport. I love Tottenham. So, I, if if Harry Kane isn't playing at Spurs, I'm not interested in what he does afterwards. I really am not. So if I, we we should do whatever we can to keep him. If he's unhappy for for six months, so be it. That's what that's my position. The minute he leaves, I I pay absolutely zero interest in his career, unless he's playing Tottenham, and in which case I hope he has a terrible game. That that's uh, is that fair, T? Yeah, I mean <laughs> I can I kind of see where this is coming from in that you know I feel that Kane deserves better, but. The conditions were created by inaction by the board. So that's why I think, I don't think Levy would get off scot-free because he could have maybe still had Pochettino at our club if we didn't have those barren windows. I'd, I'd find it hard to believe that Marie, that Pochettino would have wanted to go two windows about signing a player, you know. Mm. So, yeah, I think if, I think if Levy, I think if Kane is sold, then... There'd be a lot of ritual towards a towards a chairman and Enoch. Uh, Kane is is seven to four or two to five, seven to four to leave, two to five to stay, according to William Hill. Manchester City are the fave to sign him. That's obviously based on what Alex said. Is that they're probably only Manchester City could have the money. Even them, if they're paying one hundred and seventy five million, which is sort of rumored to what Daniel Levy would accept for him. Um. They can't do that without selling players. They'd have to sell squad, squad members. They can't do it and still be in, um, in, uh, still be within in in financial fair play. And I know there's a lot of people that are critical of it, but 
Well, I think I think they've proven in this European court that it's not worth the paper it's written on. So it depends on what. Um, again, yeah, you're right. It depends on on squad players and stuff. But I just I think um, you know with with Harlem being touted around, you know, with where he's going to go, I think that will rule out probably one of the other. Probably you know that will rule out at least one of the Spanish Spanish clubs if you even take finance out of it. I think you know Aguero's leaving. You know, City have no striker really, do they? So it might be a question of, you know, there's, they could sell three or four players at a decent price and then, you know, go big on on that. And I, I think they're the only ones. If, if it turns out that Man City can't do it, I think we're fine. I don't or, think you'll go anywhere. Or they'll buy Haaland. You know, Haaland's at 21 cost. I don't think that'll happen. I don't think he'll come to England. I'm not, I'm not sure it is. I think, I think the Spanish will find a way to be able to finance that somewhere or another. The, the issue I've got with um, with Kane leaving is just our ability to to replace him. You see clubs like Leipzig, you know, Timo Werner leaves, they've replaced him and they're doing well again, you know. All these players leave clubs like that and they replenish and, you know, refresh. Um, Dortmund, you know, they've sold Lewandowski and Aubameyang and they're still up there. I just feel that if Tottenham were to sell a player of Kane's calibre, we wouldn't replace him. Not that Kane is easily replaceable, but I just don't, I just reckon we just buy a Janssen level player and we just have to reach shit for for five years. I think we might end up doing doing similar to like what happened when Bale went. I think we'd end up probably spending money on four or five shit players, or maybe even two or three very very good. You know, if it all goes well, say 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 the best case scenario, right? And you sign I don't know Grealish and Dybala and. Um, you know, Sabitzer or whatever. I think we could end up signing maybe three kind of proper players that in normal times people are like, yeah, Jesus, that's good news. Um, and then you'd probably end up with a striker, like maybe keeping Vinicius or something like that, you know. Um, uh, and, we've and got, we've got, we, we have to kidnap Brentford Statman and just use him. Just do that, man. There's mm-hmm. enough roadmen in Tottenham. Just give him a bit of money. Get Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins and get Ivan Tony, mate. He's he's the next one. What's Duncan Watmore up to these days? Still doing his degree, I reckon. Yeah, get him in. Uh, um, I'm, I'm I'm a lot more um, optimistic about the future than you guys. Clearly, I don't. I think if you even if you sell Kane, it's. I mean, there are there are many clubs that are going to finish above us this year without Carry Kane in it. Many clubs. That no, but what I mean, yeah, but you, you, but we're talking about you. you it's impossible to either be optimistic or pessimistic about what a future without Harry Kane looks like because it all depends on what we do after he's gone in terms of replacements and personnel, which which no one knows. And and the thing is with Enoch and stuff is you never quite know how they're going to go in terms of whether they go big on a particular player or whether they're going to go you know more spread out and 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 thicken out the the squad with what they would deem to be a high quality like we did after fail. So, I, I'd be quite uh, confident if it was if it was done properly. But I think our scouting uh, side of things has proved to be wanting a little bit. That's all. Uh, exactly. If, if, if you had to sell, um, if you if you sell Kane and Mourinho went with him, but we got Brendan Rodgers in. <sighs> I mean, Brendan Rodgers is finished above Spurs without Kane and without the resources. So surely that would be sensible. Yeah, Do you know what? it's close <laughs> as to whether I'd want Mourinho or Brendan Rodgers. What I'm saying though is that Kane, like I think like 170 million and Kane, if he went to go, it doesn't mean the end of Tottenham. No, 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 of course not. We're just well, talking no, about. No one said that for fuck's sake. No, no, but it's not. It's not. It's, it's not... like saying support someone else. Spurs ain't playing well. No, no, no that's not what I'm <laughs> saying. No, no one said all. that. 
No, I'm not saying I'm not saying anyone said that. I'm saying um, I'm saying that there, like, there. I think there's a kind of there's an idea about what Tottenham were and what we are now, and we're a completely different football club. Um, the fact we even could get Jose Mourinho through the door was based on where Spurs are right now, regardless of whether you wanted them or not. That time is a level of ambition, that and and a level of resources that we haven't had before. We got Jose Mourinho through the through the door because of what club we are right now. And in the coming years, my expectation is that that will play out. And that that's all I'm saying. It's not like the based on what you two just said. It's felt like we're gonna. Um, you know, we just won't replace Kane. We won't do a good job. We won't be able to because we don't have. Well, no, I mean, I no, I said that. I said I don't think he'll go. I said I don't think he'll go. Is what I said. I said I don't don't think we'll go. But our transfer record and our scouting scouting team are shit. (laughs) So that's that's what underlined my point that I don't think we'd adequately replace Kane. Not because we haven't got the the reach. We do have the reach to get a suitable replacement for Kane. I just think we'll end up buying the wrong player. Fair enough. Uh, Son, uh, he is more likely to stay. Apparently, wants to stay at the club. Seven to two shot to leave, and one to Mad six bastard. to stay. Uh, just likes it. Maybe you know he thinks. Would you? Doc Grealish is on the horizon. Maybe he realizes how good Grealish is. He wants to keep his berth. Would Son go on elsewhere to do a better job than he's done at Spurs, or do you feel like he's achieved? He's reached his kind of pinnacle, not in terms of trophies, but in terms of how well he's playing. Or do you think he's got more to give? He's twenty-eight he now. Depends on the club. I think if he joins Munich, he'll go on to win things with them. I wouldn't say... Yeah, I wouldn't say he can join a team like Juve and win them a Champions League, for example. No. I think he's at his level, personally. I think he's I think he's a player that is, can be absolutely fantastic. And then, as we've seen in the last... You know, before he got injured, four or five weeks before that, you know, goes on these runs of, of, of quite ineffectiveness. I think if you're a big, big club... I think you're looking at that and thinking, well, the money they'd want for him. Uh, you know, I, 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 I think he'd be all right. Like I, said, I think he could probably go to Munich, you know, and, and probably do well, you know, look at like Canabry, someone like that um, and, and do that. But I think, I, I think he's, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see people banging down the door for him personally. Um, I just typed in Son 28 just to figure out what his age was. Um, and <laughs> the first the first sentence that's come up is Son caged for 28 years by evil mum is found with no teeth. This is like typing in Y into a computer and just seeing what comes up with it. What this is why Flab is a goat. Why? Why is there a leap year? Why, do... why, why, why were chainsaws invented is the second thing. <laughs> why is chainsaws... How many people have... Why are chainsaws invented? <laughs> um, yeah, so Son said he wants to stay bizarrely. Maybe he loves his club. Maybe That's good. Club. It's very yeah, good. that is good. Um, okay, where were we? Uh, right. Uh, and then finally, Jose Mourinho is 6-1 to one to be the next manager to leave at Tottenham. Uh, at, where, at William Hill, they're saying 6-4. to four. Uh, He is not with you next season. Um, I think, look... Regardless of what you want for Jose Mourinho, I think the vast majority of think like a fresh start is needed now. Um, we did put that tweet out. That was, what was it? 60, 70, 77%? 77% said they would want him to, or want any manager next season other than Jose Mourinho. <laughs> no, 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 it's 73. Um, I wouldn't want 
I wouldn't swap him for any manager, but I think if there's an opportunity to just refresh it and come with some new ideas and just have a new level of enthusiasm for what's going on and maybe unite the fan base a little bit more, someone like someone who we don't know much about in Nagelsmann, I know the people out there that do like him. And I was speaking to a guy today and he said he doesn't think Nagelsmann, a Chelsea fan, he's like, maybe he was loaded with bias here, but he said he doesn't think Nagelsmann is a better manager than. Um, than Pochettino or Jose Mourinho. So, but it's a nonsense because none of us know because no. when Pochettino came to us from Southampton, everyone, you know, it was all very under, underwhelmed. I mean, I think I think the question is really is in a perfect world, and this is like a question to both of you. It what not maybe not in a perfect world, but just ideally, what do you want to see? You know, it's the it's a week before the first game of next season. What position do you do you want us to be in in terms of manager, director of football? You know, has there been a big overhaul? You know, what what do you think it needs? What I want to see fucking happen is Mourinho get it done. He's our manager. And I want him to win games. I don't want him to be shit. I don't want him to, you know, have drunken rants about our players. I want him to, <laughs> I want him to win every game, and I want him to be successful. Yeah, that's. What we want. I don't. I don't. I don't have a dog in the fight in terms of whether I hate him or like him. I just want him to do well as our manager. What do I think fixes it in this immediate moment in time? Maybe a younger, more progressive manager. Overall, I don't want Mourinho to go. I want him to see it out. I think he. I think that... he should be. I think he should be given the entirety of twenty twenty one to fix it. And if after the summer window he's backed and it goes tits up, then kick him out. But I think he needs another. I think he could probably have another window. That's um... my board in the line. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I think, yeah, what I want is the same as T. I want, I just want him to do well because it means Tottenham do well. What I think is the best solution is at the end of the season, probably let him go. And if someone like Nagelsmann, who would excite people and get people on board again, it would feel good. Because regardless of all the stuff I've been saying about, you know, um, finishing the top four, the form over the last nine games in terms of, you know, winning and, and, and only losing one. It still doesn't feel good being a Spurs fan, and 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 big part of that is how other Spurs fans are feeling about it all as well. So the combination, it's as important to have a united fan base if you really want to enjoy your football, as it is having a a team playing together and moving in the right direction. And if someone like Nagelsmann did come in, and we played more attractive football and we're in the same position as we are this year, next year. Then people, probably the mood would be better around a football club, wouldn't you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm I, I'm different because I don't I don't want him to get it done because I feel that whatever he does, <laughs> it is... that's ridiculous, Alex. Yeah, but I feel like it's whatever it because I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it when he gets. I'm just strictly talking for me. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying right, it's wrong. Enough, I, I might be, enough. you know, I, but it's I don't I don't enjoy it. I never had a personal issue with him before he started. I just it because I know what I'm going to go see when I speak to other people or you know have my manager shouted or seeing people slag him off for stuff that isn't necessarily his fault one way or another. It, it, it that stuff doesn't go away. It doesn't matter whether we win every game or not. Yeah. Um, and I think when hopefully with, with us starting to go back into stadiums and stuff now, you need a more rounded experience as a football club, and and he denies me that. So. I hope he's gone as soon as possible. I think that's... Uh, unless you've got anything to add, T, I think we'll end there. Yeah, nothing to add. 
All right. <laughs> All right. We'll Actually, be back. probably one thing to add, but go on. Go on. Just yeah, you should go on, do it. Go, go, go on. Well, it's unrelated to all of this. It's just a comment to Davinson Sanchez and that, you oh, know. Of course, yeah, you haven't talked about racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, we did talk about this on the Patreon pod, but that's just behind a paywall. So, um, I'm, I miss what happened afterwards about. So, did someone? So, someone. Tw- so, this person tweeted in that and then tried to tweet an apology. Is that right? Did he? Well, they posted an apology on their story on Instagram, yeah. Oh, but geez. they can't what be kicked the off for using, an, for using an emoji, so... What you mean, like, it could be argued that he wasn't being racist? It's an, it's kind of, it's an algorithm, that band, I believe. Oh, I, I guess he didn't say one of the... one of the, I guess he didn't say one of the trigger words, but... Yeah. I don't know, I could be wrong, but... Just, like, he's just using an emoji, and that seems to be... Well, that, that energy, that energy that made him apologise, more of that. More of that. Make, make people feel responsible for what they've said. Like the apology doesn't mean fuck all. Like don't say it in the first place. Fuck your apology. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you've made that person put they put him in a situation where they've had to say something, even though they didn't mean it. They didn't mean it. That guy isn't sorry. He's sorry he got caught. He's sorry it blew yeah. up. That's what he's sorry. He's not sorry because he's a prick. So you know, fuck your apology. But the whatever energy that went into him, like you know, forcing him to make that apology. That's the energy you need, and that's that's why this kind of, I think, like it's right now, isn't it? To for for the next step of this, you know, the the um, sort of anti-racism movement in football, the next step isn't just taking the knee anymore because it's it's. I thought I thought I mean it's hard for me to say, but just from an outside observer, it felt like it lost its power way before Wilf Zaha decided to stand. Do you know what I mean? Because people just get used to seeing the same messages. And they stop talking about it. The conversation stops happening. You know, people stop asking about it. It's just something that happens. So now it's like, how do you ramp it up next? What goes next? What? What? How, how do we continue to embarrass people into feeling, um, feeling embarrassed or feeling shy into not being overtly racist? You're not going to stop racism. You're not going to prevent people from being racist in the immediacy through education and 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 and, and integration. Then there'll be less racist in the future, but there'll always be those assholes out there. Always, you just got to make them embarrassed to be that again. And um, you know, hopefully, it's moving towards it. That that's my from a white person looking in on this. That's how I feel about it. I don't know if you have any anything else to add to that, to you, or if I'm off wider the mark. I mean, I guess Zaha is kind of protesting a protest, and by doing that, he's standing out more than everyone else taking a knee. Um, but taking a knee, I mean, it may be losing this its effect to a degree, but at least you've got kids will probably be asking their parents why they're taking a knee, and the parents will explain, you know, and say, look, you know, this isn't the way to be. Mm. You know, racism is bad, X, Y, Z. But we spoke, we mentioned on the pod yesterday that Instagram is a private company. Their objective as a company is not to rid the world of racism and homophobia and misogyny and all the rest of that's not their point as a business they're a private organization they're not obligated to get rid of racism however they're there to make money and you know there's got to be it has to hit people in the pocket when, when these things happen but it doesn't and until it does then nothing will change it's just about the bottom line well we talked about it yesterday in terms of you know how do you like spurs making that that statement saying we are we stand with davidson sanchez we are against racism, obviously. Um, 
you know, it's bog standard stuff. Like, of course yeah. we stand with that Davison Sanchez. Of course we're against racism as a football club. Of course you are. But what's the next step? What can you do if you want to genuinely con combat this? And as a, as a, as a club that has a massive, massive following on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever it may be, then a media blackout, a social media blackout would be a step in the direction in creating a conversation where more people are asking what this is about. And if one team does it, another team will follow. If you lobby, then more teams will follow. And then it'll you embarrass the clubs that can't be asked or aren't interested into doing it as well. Um, if they're really behind him, if they're really behind Sanchez, if they're really against racism, then 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 go above and beyond what you're just supposed to say, in my opinion. Facts. All right, then. Um, yeah, sorry we didn't get to that sooner, T. I should have done that before because it's fucking more important than all this bullshit. It puts into perspective. You know that, do you know, do you know I, when I was, because I was fucking so angry at Sanchez, afterwards, like that monkey stuff sent to him. And then I'm just like, fuck, am I, by slagging him off in the way that I was, <laughs> I said some horrendous things, nothing racist, but some horrendous things. Um, I was thinking like, what? Like, I just, I don't know. Just, it puts it into perspective because he had a bad game of football. Don't, like, I would never, like, it's the same with the things in, in the ground, isn't it? It's like, it's football at the end of the day. It's not life or death. It isn't that important. So to make someone feel like they're less than, or make you, if they think that people out there feel like they're less than, than an equal, then um, it's just football's not that important. I don't know. That's, that's the thing. I mean, there's, I mean, obviously you want you want a reaction out of the player, so you say awful things. But saying something like that doesn't only affect him; it affects if the black person reading it and everyone else of empathy. But you know, it's tiring dealing with, with racism every day, and the racism that gets highlighted is just just the tip of the iceberg of what we see day to day. Mm. Sanchez probably gets those comments all the time. Maybe just had enough that day. You know, I'd be I'd be amazed if not one member of, of the Spurs team during the time at Spurs had not seen a message like that. Yeah. And you know, just thought, well, whatever, I'll show, show the lads <sighs> in the team, move on. And you know, you must have taken a lot of them to just say, you know what, fuck this. I'm gonna out I'm not even gonna hide your name. Yeah. You yeah. know. That's so it must have taken a lot of them to do that. Yeah. Um, all right then boys. Uh yeah, this has been the Fight Club podcast, and we'll be back on Friday. Uh, for for more of this, yeah. if I'm gonna go shave my back. Are you? All right, well, let us know on Twitter how you get on. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> See you, boys. Bye, guys. Bye. See you, lads. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.